Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blenderhead, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Thursday. What do we do on Thursdays? I don't know. What are we going to do on Thursdays? I think it's a toss-up Thursday, right? We got we got uh, NFL, NFL coming up on Sunday. We got Showdown tonight, right? Uh, I believe Alvin Kamara is is out. I think he was just, just ruled out a couple of, maybe what, half an hour ago or something. So uh, hopefully projections will change on that. We got an NBA slate coming up today. One, two, three, four, five games. I'm not playing it. Remember, I, I, I'm not playing NBA until NFL regular season is over. So uh, that we, we could talk about the tools or something like that. If you, I mean, I've, I've nothing interesting to add other than I could just look at the projections and look at the ownership and go, let's build some plus EV lineups. But, uh, but pretty much we'll talk about whatever, whatever you want to talk about. And if you want to talk about stuff, you can always go into our Discord, right? I have a new channel there. I write Blenders Game Theory. I've been promoting it all week. So if you're a Roto-Grinders premium member, so you have to be a premium member. So click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month and get a combo premium, single sport premium, whatever. You get you get all the other channels. You get the NBA channel, NFL channels, I mean, everything in here, as well as obviously all the premium content. The lineup HQ, uh, the projections, everything, ownership, whatever you need. All the slate IQ stuff, the simulations, the top the top things here, and right all the premium content you get. Uh, but you also get access to our premium Discord, and in the premium Discord, there's a channel called Blender's Game Theory, and uh, you'll see that overnight, not many people are you know chatting amongst themselves. But I'm always in there answering questions about DFS strategy. Right? Yesterday we had a whole thing going on about I've been trying to make like I've showed that process uh, about you know generating 300 lineups and then. Uh, and then trying to like weed out the ones that are like too high owned for their projection. Uh, I've been trying to do that in Excel. I've been trying to do that in Excel and then have it, have it exp and they give me the lineups, like not just to point them out. I can, I can make it so they can point it out. Like, so I could have 300 lineups. I can put the projection and the ownership column next to it and then give, give me this, which, which is very similar to what, uh, what, uh, Baker over here posted in here in the, uh, in the in the in the Discord, so it, like he even did it right. So so he posted his uh, his uh, uh, Excel spreadsheet that can do that for you if you paste your lineups in. And he has a little example here. So like I didn't I didn't put this in. Someone else in chat we were talking about you know functions and someone someone was doing that in R, someone was doing that in Python or something like that. So so a little bit more advanced stuff, a little bit more you know obviously game theory strategy related, but also like. Like uh, you know, efficiency with the, with the tools and the programs and and functionality that you use. So we were talking about that uh, in there. So uh, yeah, I've been trying to do it in Excel, but not so it just points it out. Like the the way that Baker has it is that uh, it puts like a one or a zero in a column, right? It goes one one one. Like if it skips over something, it's just a zero. So you basically you could take all the all the columns that have ones, and that's where the lineups are that 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 fit that fit that parameter. I, I was I'm trying to make it so that it doesn't do that. It just gives me like if there's 16 lineups, it just gives me those 16 lineups. Uh, but I'm not that great in Excel, so that's why that's why I posed it in in the in the chat. Uh, and what else we were talking? You know, people talking about other stuff. I also what we're doing in here uh, is also weekly uh, weekly Zoom calls, calls over Zoom, uh, group calls. Uh, especially for people that can't make it for, for these shows, right? Because you could ask questions in the YouTube chat. 
but also for more more personal, you know, per, you know, like you could share your screen if you want to share your roto tracker or something like that, and and talk about your specific play. Obviously, it's in a group setting, but uh, but the group calls will not be recorded. Okay, so we will be having weekly Zoom group coaching calls up to up to hundred. I think the Zoom limit is hundred. So first come, first serve, and hundred. Uh, so and the link will be posted in this uh, ch- uh, Discord channel. If, if you join, obviously, yeah, I got to be a Roto Grinders premium member and you got to got to join this channel uh, and uh, and set set your alerts. You could type in uh, exclamation point blender and I always send out alerts for, you know, when the when these Zoom calls are happening or any very important information up here. But you could see next Tuesday at eight o'clock, eight o'clock p.m. Eastern. Right. So at night, like a lot of people have work and they're like, oh, I can't I can't show up to this. Sh- I can't show up to the morning show. Right. With, with 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 me in, in the morning so uh so we could do some some maybe some over the weekend or something like that so so I, I say here it's like you know i'll post a link here questions should be focused on your own personal play specific issues you might be having recently or concepts you're struggling to grasp or implement well and then you know a thread will be posted i'll post a, a thread that morning where people get to kind of like sign up like you could show up just show up and show up and it's not going to be recorded so so feel free to you know, share with the group and know that it's not going to be archived or shown publicly. I mean, uh, like it's not something that it's going to be posted on YouTube or anything like that. You got to be there. Uh, so I'll post a thread in this channel for you to kind of like sign up, right? Because we, we can't have 100 people talking at once, right? So you're going to join the Zoom room. Everyone's going to be, you know, muted and with their camera off or whatever like that. But then I could go through the thread that was posted that morning with people's like specific kind of like questions if they want to participate and go, you know, okay, hit number one, you know, John, whatever. And then you could, then that person could unmute and, you know, turn on their camera and, and converse. Right. And then we'll go to the next person, the next person do, you know, for maybe, you know, 90, 90 minutes to uh, two hours. And uh, obviously can't get to everyone, every call. So, you know, it's like, it'll be every week. So you know, we'll get to you and discuss whatever it is that you want to discuss. So feel free to join the Roto Grinders premium discord, join Blender's Game Theory channel. And and it, it's 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 incorporated. You don't have to pay extra for it, right? As long as you're a Roto Grinders premium member, you, you have access to this. No matter if you're a single sport, you're just signed up for soccer. You still have access to this channel. So you don't have to have a combo premium package or anything like that it doesn't have you don't have to pay annually versus monthly feel free to feel free to sign up for a month right sign up the roto grinders for a month a week i think i think i think we have don't we have weekly package like try it out for a week right and you could still have access to this channel and and join in on the zoom group coaching call because people ask me about coaching and i truthfully i i give out 100 percent of what i know i don't know if there's anything between this show between the masterclass, the Theory of DFS masterclass, you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com, uh, and 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 the Discord, and just chatting in the Discord. Like I don't, I don't see what 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 I would be, what else I would be saying privately to, to anyone. So I've always felt weird when people ask me. I get asked probably probably at least once a week, and if I do private coaching, and I would say just show show up jump to the morning show, <laughs> go into the Discord, and the, if you're a Road Riders Premium member. And ask whatever the hell you want. I mean, not, is there a reason to have a, like a one-on-one conversation? I don't. I'm not. I'm not really sure. But some people do. So I think this is this is a, this is a good compliment. So uh, 
If you don't know how to uh, get on the Discord, if you go to the Roto-Grinders site, there's a little uh, little controller icon, like where all the social media buttons are. Uh, you just click on that. And it'll connect. You have to connect your Roto-Grinders account to uh, the Discord server. So it knows you're a premium member. And then you can see the channel. You could always also go to rotogrinders.com slash Discord. And that'll that'll send you right there. So rotogrinders.com slash Discord. And I just want to show, see, it's like people showing it. This, this guy's showing about Excel over here, right? Right. So stuff's going on. People were asking about MMA. And I here's a video, obviously, the video I did about MMA, right? And typically, you know, during the middle and middle of the night, probably not much is going on there. But I'm always in there. If you ask a question, I will answer. Okay. It may not be immediate, immediate. It may not mean, you know, snap, snap, snap. But I will always reply to every every question that gets posted in there. And uh, and yeah, so join, join in there. I don't know what we'll talk about today. We we should have we should have updated if Kamara's out, if his projection was removed. We 10:52 a.m. We should have we have something here, right? I'm assuming Ingram's projection goes up. Actually, it doesn't. Okay, maybe maybe it doesn't go up. Seemed like that was the same projection we had before. Ty Montgomery three. No, okay, I guess I guess we removed Kamara, but we didn't update everyone else. But we could talk about showdown. We could talk about the main slate NFL. We could talk about whatever it is you want. Give me those thumbs ups, right? That's what we do in the morning. Give me the thumbs up. Give me the subscribe button. Give me the notification bell. Give me whatever you want. Click on anything, right? I see you guys in there. Morning. Good morning. Kukas0918. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're, I think you're new. Doug Montgomery, Matt Mears, Con Campbell, Daniel Hutchins. Dan, Daniel's in, in, the, in, the, in the Game Theory channel, right? I, need these, I, I don't know what I could do to help him, right? <laughs> he, he has better processes than I do, right? I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to do things like kind of like the blunt, the bluntish way, the directionally right way. And he's like, oh, I ran a simulation uh, 70 hundred million trillion times and, uh, and this is what it spits out. And good, good thing that most of the time what it spits out it, it aligns with exactly the kind of the strategies I'm talking about. That, that's always a good sign. Right. When, when, the, when the simulations match the, oh, yeah, it makes sense to have these types of lineups. And you're like, okay, the simulations going to kind of agree with you. That's good. Uh, let's see. Matt Mears is looking forward to the Zoom next week. Good. Join in, join in. Uh, Skylar Hewins, Blender won the $27 single entry small field last night. Oh, congratulations. Thanks for all your help. The lineup wasn't even that great. Because remember, the goal of DFS is not to have the highest score. It's not to score the most points. It's just to beat, beat your opponents, right? In a $2,700, single entry contest, the score is going to be much, much lower than the winning score than like the largest field contest. So like your goal is to beat that many people. So that's why when you see like some of the higher stakes GPPs that are small field, you know, like 80 man, right? You go, wow, someone won hundred thousand dollars with with a score that is like way lower than you're like your your eleven hundredth place lineup in like the million maker or something like that. Yeah, because all you're doing is trying to beat 79 people. Right. You don't you don't have that, you don't have to score 240 points to beat 79 other people. You just have to score enough points to beat 79 of them. Right. So how do you do that? And obviously your 79 opponents in those contests are going to be much stronger than they would be in a large field contest where you have a lot of really crappy lines, right? So it's not about, it's not about the most points. People are like, how do I score an NBA on a FanDuel? How do I score 400? Like that isn't your goal. Your goal is you just score more 
than your opponents. And a lot of times the, the best slates for you to win at are those low scoring slates. When, when the, when the consensus field plays fail or underperform and on those slates, a lower score will win first place. The slates where all the chalk hits, those are the hardest slates to win. Because so many people have the same points. So it's not about the number. We see sometimes in NFL, all the chalk hits and someone's on Twitter complaining, I got 190 and didn't even cash, right? And then you, then you get the next week when none of the chalk hits and then someone wins the Millie Maker with 190, right? 190 is the million million dollar score. And you're like, wow, that's strange. Like, no, that's normal. You're, you, you, you're playing DFS from a relative scoring perspective, not an absolute scoring perspective. So when people say like, your aim is to score 200 points in NFL, like that's, that isn't your aim. Your aim is to score 400 points in NBA. That, no, that isn't your aim. Your aim is to just score more points than your opponents. That's it. That's it. Whatever it happens to be that slate, it is that slate, right? If the chalk hits, it's going to be, they're going to be high scores around because more people are sharing the same points. If the chalk, more of the chalk fails, that means there'll be more people sharing low amounts of points, right? So having the, having the 4% owned guy that goes off for 60 points in NBA is much more valuable on a slate where the chalk fails than when the chalk hits. So a lot of people are like, I'm going to play all the chalk. And then this 4% owned guy, well, if all the chalk hits, like it's going to be very hard to win. I mean, you still can, but it's still going to be very hard to win in that situation. Okay, let's see. Hoglora says this this must be the secret chat I've been hunting for. And it's not it's not it's not the secret it's not the the secret uh, the cash game chat. It's not that. Which which doesn't exist. I I joke about it. Some people may think it exists. The secret collusion chat where everyone shares their cash lineup in NFL or whatever in NBA. Like no, that that doesn't actually exist. Uh it's just that if you use projections and you're and the and the top median optimal is across like the entire inju- industry the same in every model practically like you're going to get a lot of duplication, right? That's, that's just the way it is. Uh, but uh, I don't know what you want to talk about today. It's going to be quiet in the YouTube chat. It'll just, it'll be a really short show, really short show. Uh, but uh, let's see. Uh, so MDS, no more Super Saturday. Yeah, if, you, if you're a subscriber to my channel, my YouTube channel, which you can get the Theory of DFS podcast on. Uh, yeah, no more, no more Stupid Saturday. It seemed it seemed redundant. Stupid, stupid Saturday seemed redundant in comparison to doing doing these shows in the morning anyway, right? And I'm pretty much a, a, answering the same questions. The only difference is that on Stupid Saturday, uh, like it, it, NSFW, right? Since it's not under the Roto Grinders banner, right? I, 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 my, a lot more cursing, a lot more yelling and ranting and cursing, uh, but uh, but it, it's kind of redundant, right? And then I do it on Saturdays and then I, I play MMA. I play soccer in the morning on Saturdays and MMA and then MMA. Sometimes it's later. Sometimes it's earlier. Sometimes it's whatever. And it's like, it's already redundant as it is. I'm, I'm already now doing this, this coaching call also. So I just like, is there, a, is there a purpose of it on Friday? On Fridays, we'll, we'll primarily go over the NFL main slate on this show as it is. Right. I do the, the NF, the, the advanced sports analytics show. On, on Fridays. So it's like, what, what else can I really talk about on Saturdays? Right. Not, not much, not much. It's kind of this kind of the same show. Uh, let's see. Uh, Steven Smith says, first look at ownership for NFL running backs, a lot of running backs uh, grading out. Good. So far seems like a strong week for GPP lineups. 
Yeah, if we take a look at currently, this is the gridiron IQ projections. Uh, yeah, a lot of running backs grade out well, but I think the more noticeable thing is that not many wide receivers do. Right? We take a look here and like the difference between wide receivers. We don't have updated ownership. We have some of these these as blanks. I'll, I'm going to reload this and see. I mean, you can't really go by ownership. It's only it's Thursday morning anyway. Uh, let's see. We're going to get some now. No, it's going to be the same. I'd be more I'd be more concerned about wide receiver on on Sunday based on based on what I'm seeing here. See, like at running back, for instance, you would think, which would be a, a correct way of thinking of like, look how many running backs project well. Like, if if Jamal Williams is going to be owned, I could play. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs instead, right? Because there's so many of these running backs kind of in this range. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's, there's 11 within like four points of each other. So it's like, oh, well, I'm going to play one over the other. But it's quite possible that this ownership gets a little bit flattened. Because we even see here, like Jonathan Taylor, 25%, James Conner, 21%, Josh Jacobs, 12%. Like there's no like low owned, like it's all kind of spread out which means you can make a lot more combinations. That's right. So playing a wide amount of running backs seems, seems like, uh, like doable. Like it, 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 you could change one and put one in and it's not that big of a difference, but a wide receiver, like as of right now, like nothing stands out that much. I mean, what we have Marvin Jones right now is the, as the, the value wide receiver, the top value, but the salary adjusted plus minus is only 1.7, right? It's, it's, <laughs> that isn't great, right? Jalen Waddle, 6,400, right? Keenan Allen, 7,500. Brandon Cooks, 5,900. Like, but the difference between these guys up here and these guys down here is a difference of like 10 yards, right? It's a difference of one or two points. So one catch for 10 yards is two points. And that's what separates the top from like, like the 20th or the 25th wide receiver. But what's going to end up happening at wide receiver more likely than running back is that it's going to chalk is going to be a little overowned. That's what I'm expecting based on. I mean, this is Thursday morning. So I'm expecting like guys like Jones, Waddle, Chenault, Allen, Cooks, you know, Godwin, maybe again, right? Deontay Johnson at 6,800. Like maybe some of these guys like end up being like 18, 20 to 25, 24% owned. Well, well, we'll sit here with like guys like Russell Gage will be 6% owned at 5,300 or Pittman 9% owned. Like should the, should that the Delta be that wide? Probably not, not based on these projections. They shouldn't. So I think it's more likely that you get, you get weird, weirder, weirder at wide receiver, even though based on the projections, raw projections we have, you're still probably playing a three running back line. So you're taking three of these running backs from a projection standpoint, and then you're taking, you don't play that. So you, you're not sacrificing that many points by playing a, like, look, take a look at this. Look, cause we, we run this. Let me, let me put in some numbers. For instance, if we run this based on our, so our optimal right now, based on these projections is 149.71. So it's her Williams, Connor and Taylor. In there, three running backs: Chenault, Jones, and Waddle. Committed tight end, Herbert, and the Eagles. Okay, so this is one forty nine point seven one. 
Now, let's say what happens. What happens if I do take Russell Gage instead? Right. I just I like as an example. Doesn't have to be Russell Gage, but okay. So this 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 guy fifty three hundred is probably going to take the place of a of a Marvin Jones or something. You know, it's going to give me a different defense, maybe. Right. So remember, without our optimals, one forty nine point seven one. If I put in Russell Gage and optimize one forty six point three nine. Okay. So how many points are we giving up? About three points, right? Which is completely doable. Let's say we play, instead we play uh, Mike Williams, T. Higgins, or T. Let's say, how about T. Higgins? Put T. Higgins in, 147.19. Okay, well, he's going to be about 14% on based on this. Right? So you're giving up by not by not playing one of these guys up here, you're giving up about three points in projection. But how about let's say two of them? So let's say let's say we play Russell Gage and Michael Pittman, right? And let's see what that looks like. 145.16. So you're giving up what? Four and a half points. Right? Let's say we put in another, another, like so we're not even playing Jones. Let's say we play someone else in that range. Right, let's say we play, let's uh, Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I'm just I'm just making making stuff up. This comes up 141.27. Okay, so as as you go down, right? So now you're giving up like eight points in projection. But let's say we get a cheaper. Like, do we have a cheaper? We have Treadwell, we have Joan Jennings. Let's try him. Jennings. Don't we don't play Ayuk, we play Gage and Pitt or something like that. It's this cheaper guy, 142. Okay, so you're giving up about seven points in projection. But let's say we do that with the running backs, okay? So we tried replacing the wide receivers. And we're replacing one, we sacrifice somewhere between two and three points. Replacing two, we sacrifice somewhere between three and five points. All three, sacrifice maybe seven points. But at running back, let's say we get different at running back and play like, uh, James Robinson, right? So we're going down to the same level as we did before. So James Robinson, we plug him in, 145. So by playing not one of the top projected running backs in this range, like you're sacrificing about four and a half points. Now let's say you do that twice, right? So I'm looking at the ranges. So Taylor, Williams, let's say you don't pay up. So you're not paying up for, for Taylor. So let's say you're, you're playing uh, Barkley instead. Right. So two of them, Robinson and Barkley. Now you're getting a lineup 140.5. So once you replace two running backs that aren't in this top range, you're sacrificing nine points. Right. Now, obviously, if you start now sacrificing points at wide receiver, you're going lower and lower. But you can see here that the more that you don't play guys that are towards the top of the running back range, which there are a bunch. It's not like it's just Taylor, Connor, and Williams. You play Henderson, Jacobs, Eckler, Montgomery, Mixon. Yeah, but once you get down to like, oh, I'm going to take a shot on Najee Harris, right? Who seems like, okay, why not take a shot? But I mean, he does project fairly, pretty poorly in comparison to his price tag. We put in Najee Harris here, right? Your lineup is 141.66. All you did is like, look, look at the rest of the lineup. Brady, Connor, Williams, Chenault, Jones, Allen, Komet, Eagles. These are all owned. These are all like 
These aren't these these are chalky guys based on our current ownership. And just by saying I'm going to play Harris instead of Taylor, it's not Taylor. It's just that obviously you're playing a seventy-seven hundred dollar running back that has a salary adjusted minus two point five, when you have guys that are in the same range that are projected for six point for that'll give your lineup total total projection six points higher, at least six points higher. Which means that I'm more likely, because if I play Najee Harris, my total ownership is quite similar to if I don't play Marvin Jones. So if my total ownership is going to be similar, but my projection is going to be five points higher, why aren't I playing the higher projected lineups? So based on our current projections, I always have to say current, as of Thursday morning, whatever, it looks like there's a lot more viable running backs to play, right? In GPPs, right? You don't have to play Taylor. You don't have to play Connor, but it kind of like drops off after like the top like 10, right? You're still not going down and playing Miles Gaskin as of right, or David Johnson, right? You're still, you're stuck in this kind of range. So you're probably playing three of these guys in your lineup. But at wide receiver, the amount that's available is much higher. Like you could play a guy like Najee Harris was minus 2.5 salary adjusted value. Wide receiver, you could do that. If you want to play Jace Claypool, you could do that more than you could do a running back. Why? Well, look at the top range of running back. Look at these salary adjusted pluses. Almost five here, 4.94, 4.89, 4.1, right? So what's the difference between one of these and Najee Harris? Like between Taylor and Harris, it's like seven and a half points. But at wide receiver, like the highest salary adjusted value is Marvin Jones at 1.7. So let's say you go down to 2.5, right? You go down and I'm going to play Darnell Moody. Or, or instead, or Olamide Zacchaeus, or you know, one of these guys down here. That's at 2.5. That's 2.5 minus salary adjusted value. Well, the difference between two and a half and like one and a half is like four points. So you could do the same thing at wide receiver, sacrifice four points. The only, in order to get that ownership at the running back position, you have to sacrifice seven, eight points. So that's why... I think wide receiver is actually way more open this week than anything else. Well, even though you have a lot more options at running back at the top end, or you can play any of these 10 guys two at least two of them, obviously, but a wide receiver, I, I, I get the sneaking suspicion that like someone, like some of these guys towards the top are going to, are going to be over-owned when they really, there's really not much difference. You, you change Marvin Jones's projection by one point and you, you look at it and you go, well, what makes him so much better than any, anyone else down here, right? Because you take away one point is RGB, the salary adjusted plus minus would be 0.7, which would put him right in this range anyway, right? So it's like, why, why aren't you playing, like who else in that range? Like, like Jalen Waddle, for instance, 6,400. You take, you take, what? You take 20 yards, one one pass, one catch for 10 yards off of his score. That's two points, which puts him down here. Right? He's 6,400. So what makes him any different then than God? It makes Godwin better. What's any different between him and Williams, Higgins, Lockett, Renfro, Ayuk, Pittman? 
right? Marquise Brown. I mean, we, so it's like if he's going to be 25% owned, like, and the difference between him and like 10 of the receivers down here is one catch for 10 yards. Well, he shouldn't be like five times, four or five times more owned than those guys. So think of that. Think of that when it comes to variance. Like what makes what makes this guy better than the other guy? In 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 like actual football production. Now you take a look at a running back. You go like, what happens if I just take twenty yards off? What if they take one touchdown off? Right, one guy gets a touchdown, the other guy doesn't get a touchdown. That's six point difference. So it means the difference in players aren't as dramatic as you would think they are. So in GPPs, you should be exploiting that. Right, Daniel Hutchins says it says it very well. When you have more viable options in a slate, it seems to me that the field overvalues small differences. Makes getting different pretty easy. Yeah. But I think I think the I think as of right now on the on these projections, that'll that'll occur more on wide receiver. So I think people will, I think the running backs, people will mix these in. I don't I don't see these run, I don't see running backs with how many options we have getting to the point where we have a 40% owned running back or even a, even a 30% owned running back. But it could be at wide receiver that it's like, well. This is the best value, and it's only the best value by a point or two. And that point or two means the guy's going to be 30% owned. I think that's more likely to happen this week at wide receiver. Uh, Nate Branshaw, are you less likely to have lineups with the riding back and wide receiver from the same team that you're not stacking for large field tournaments? I would think their ceilings are negatively correlated. Yeah, their they're, they're, they're 80th percentile outcomes plus are negatively correlated. But depending on the context of the slate and depending on the prices of the players, that you, you can still do it. It's about the whole lineup. Remember, it's about the whole lineup. So if, if you end up in your projections good between two players, right? You're playing uh, Jamal. Well, I don't know who you play on the lines as a receiver. If two guys reject well and they happen to be on the same team and they're both running back and wide receiver. Yes, their 80th percentiles are are start getting negatively correlated, but maybe you don't need a 90th percentile from both of them to win a GVP based on the rest of your lineup. So don't think in absolutes. You'd be correct. Negative correlation doesn't mean never do it. Just like positive correlation doesn't automatically mean that you benefit from it. Right? It's like, oh, I'm going to play these three guys together because when they one does well, the other one is more likely to do well. Not that does well. The key word there is more likely. More likely and less likely. Not automatically does well. We've seen plenty of times where a wide receiver puts up 40 points, two wide receivers, 20, 24 points, 40 points, and the quarterback is like the, still the eighth, the eighth highest scoring quarterback on the slate. The quarterback still only has 22 points, right? And there's like other quarterbacks that have 28 and 32 or something. And it's like, wow, I wouldn't have played both wide receivers from that game without the quarterback. That's weird. It's less likely. Yes, you're right. But it's not unlike, it's not complete. Oh, it can never happen. Right. I talked about yesterday with playing like two guys, two efficiently priced players in NBA, like, you know, Levine and DeRozan, you know, that type of situation for the Bulls. Well, I can't play them together on large slates. Like you can, there is a negative correlation to their ceilings. 
They're, you know, 80th plus percentiles. But who says you need the 90th percentile? Maybe, maybe all you need is two 80th percentile outcomes. Is it, it's less likely to happen together at those prices. It doesn't mean it can't happen. So if the rest of your lineup works out and that's the way that the two that the projects and is owned properly for the contest you're in, that's perfectly fine. Correlation, it shouldn't be the number one priority. Projection versus ownership and correlation just gives you a higher ceiling. Uh, it increases the variance of your lineup. But it's not like the strategic standpoint of what you should be sticking with apps as an absolute. There's not, in DFS, nothing is absolute. Pretty much, pretty, I would say pretty much nothing. Okay, you don't play Alvin Kamara, right? Don't play an injured player. At that price, you see, even then, even then, that's that 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 I can't say that absolutely. There are times that you should play an injured player in your lineup, right? So it's not an absolute. There have been times I've played an injured player in my lineup, a guy that was not going to start. There are situations where that that way where you do that. Very very unlikely situations, typically involving late swap. I've done that before. I've I've played an injured goalkeeper. In uh, in soccer before, an injured goalkeeper, goalkeeper that was out. Why did I do that? Because late swap, right? I'm beating someone, right, by three points. I have a goalkeeper left, and they all oh, their their lineup is done. So should I play my goalkeeper? Not goalkeepers in soccer are short negative points, right? You give up two goals. It's negative two for each goal. And if you have no saves, so if I'm up by three points, what should I do? And they have not, they've no one left, right? So I'm up by three. So you, you scroll all the way down to the cheapest injured goalkeeper, right? The, guy, the third string, fourth string, whatever goal, and some goalkeeper that, that has almost no shot at playing. Or if they're injured, they're in, like they're, they're, they're out. They're not even in the squad. I could guarantee myself a zero and then I win. Right. So even the even the case of don't play an injured player is probably an NBA showdown, possibly in showdown contests, NBA, maybe NFL. Sometimes, depending on how it goes, if there's like if there's a bunch of high priced guys that go off for like super ceilings, like having a two hundred dollar player that scores a zero ends up being optimal. Now, it doesn't happen that frequently. But sometimes having the the cheapest guy, because the only way to get those five other players in and one in the captain is to play a a guy that scores zero points. Maybe that guy's in, maybe the guy's injured. It could be a guy that that isn't injured that also scores zero, but it would be the case that a slot with a zero actually ends up being the optimal, which means... That could be an injured play. I mean, it's it, not something that you would plan out to do, but it could happen. So I know I never want, I, I don't even want to talk in absolutes when it comes to that. It's like, well, are there absolutes in DFS? Yeah, yeah, probably don't, don't, don't play a lineup full of players that are out. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's a good, when, when would you ever play a guy that's out? And the guy goes, yeah, actually there are times where, where the optimal move is to play the guy that's out, right? Right, there are cases. You're probably, you're not building lineups to begin with like that, most likely. But still, I say that, and then showdown, it's possible. Oh, let's see. Dan B., why did you fundamentally change your philosophy on cash games in the past year? But I, I don't know. How did I change my philosophy? 
I'm not going to play. Ca- I'm not going to play cash games against the strongest players in the lobby for 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 what? For for shits and giggles. Remember on draft, I play cash games on Fanduel until they until they limit me on Fanduel. I will. DraftKings is like I can only play five dollars and up. And as the season goes on, you take a look at the lobby and you go, "Where's the money here?" Right? You're getting into fifty-one forty-nine situations. It's like why am I why am I flipping coins for thousands of dollars a night and going on swing? You go on swings, you lose three nights in a row. You win three nights. I mean, and by the end of it, you have a one point five percent ROI. You're like, why am I bothering? So, like in the beginning of the season, sure. Beginning of NFL, beginning of NBA, something like that, on DraftKings. On FanDuel, I can still play the one and two dollar contest. So I don't I don't mind playing doing that on FanDuel. But there's no there's no why risk that amount of money on a on a one to two percent return that have that has no upside. I'll just I, I don't if I'm gonna go through swings, I might as well go through swings in GPP and not cash games on essentially coin flips. So other than that, but that's not a fundamental change of philosophy. That's always been my philosophy. If you can't find soft action, you shouldn't be playing. I mean, that's just, just the way it is. I mean, look at soccer. I, I don't mind playing anyone in soccer, essentially. <clears throat> anyone other than the 10 best players in the lobby, which are the same reg- regulars that have been there for six years. So I'm not playing Saramek in $500 head dads. What would be the point of that? <clears throat> But I don't mind playing a $500 head again against some rando. The problem is there aren't that many randos. So a lot of times on a Saturday morning, I'm only playing maybe about $1,000 to $1,500 worth of volume in soccer. When I don't, when I wouldn't mind playing 5,000 plus, but who's, who's playing, who's playing in the lobby. I'm not going to just post $215, $500 head to heads. And then play against Redcoat and Saramek and Pew and all the, the soccer regulars. That's, we're flipping coins at best. At worst, I'm I'm, I'm a, sl- a slight loser to that. So it's, yeah, I would I would love to be able to play that amount of volume, but I can't, so I don't. So it's not about I'm not trying to get a certain amount of volume in. I'm trying to get good action. I want good action. So I don't mind. That's what I've I've said on the Theory of DFS podcast. I don't mind sitting a slate out. Go, can I can I put 100% of my energy into this? No, then, I, then I'm going to sit out. Am I going to be able to get enough good action on the slate? No, then I then don't play it or play lower, play lower volume. You post a whole bunch of stuff and you, only 10% of it gets taken and then, that, then you play that. Don't go out and go, I got to make it up somewhere. I'm just going to take head-to-heads from people that I know or where you're even at best against just so I could fill up my quota. Don't think in terms of that. I think in terms of where's the, where's the soft action, right? If I'm not playing NBA until, uh, until NFL season is over, I'm, I'm, I'm still playing plenty of volume in MMA, right? On Saturday, I'm going to play, I'm going to play my normal stuff in MMA. I'll put my money there, right? I'll put my money into, into champions league soccer. I'll put my money into NFL, right? But maybe not cash games anymore or not as much because it's December and I could already I could already tell just going through go through double up lineups that a lot a lot of a lot of a lot of the soft money is gone in the cash games. The soft money is never gone in GPPs. It's never gone, even late in the season <coughs> in NBA. There's still plenty of plenty enough dumb money in there. 
But in cash games and double ups, a lot of times, like in baseball, especially baseball, almost no one, no, people don't play cash games in baseball. A lot of like casual people, definitely. So I don't, that's why I don't bother playing cash in MLB. Usually I don't. I'm looking for soft. That's the whole point. That the number one thing, I say it in the course. You go to theoryofdfs.com, pick up the, the masterclass, 15 hours. <clears throat> I say that the number one thing that'll affect your profit, the number one thing over all others is who you play. That's it. If you could, as long as you're playing against opponents that are weaker than you, you profit. Doesn't matter how skilled you are. But as long as they're less skillful than you are, you'll make more money than the best player in the world playing against other better players in the world. Right? The common common phrase in uh, in poker is that if if you're the you doesn't matter that you're the tenth best player in the world. If you're playing in a game with the nine best players in the world, you're going to go broke. So if you're the tenth best player in the world, play against don't play against the top top nine. Play against the people that are weaker than you. So that's what you're looking for. So contest selection, that's what you do when you go into a poker room. I want to, pl- I want to, play, in the, I want to play in the weakest game, the game with the least skillful players. So there's six tables going on of different games. And that's the main reason why I learned multiple games, right? I was, I was you know, obviously my, my number one game was limit hold'em, but I was no limit hold'em, obviously, on top of that. But I, I learned seven card stud. I learned pot limit Omaha. I learned, learned Omaha high-low, right, o- 08. Because you never know what games are going to be going on, right? I walk in and, you know, maybe maybe there's a 15-30-08 game that I, people are, it's eight-way flops and stuff. And I'll go, okay, I'll sit in this game, right? That's the softest game at the time. It's not my best, it's not my strongest game, but it has the weakest players at. I go and go into a card room and look around. I mean, obviously, if you're a regular at a card room, you kind of kind of know a lot of the clientele. You go in and go. Oh, they started up a, you know, a two-five pot limit Omaha game, and I see who's in it. I go, oh, it's it's like four or five whales that would normally be in the two-five no limit hold'em game. I go, I'm 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 gonna play in this game, even though like the three other guys in the game are better than me, right? I look at that and I go, yeah, I. I there, there are three players there that I'm going to stay away from that. Like uh, I'm not going to make any money off of, but there's like four guys in the game that could easily bleed, easily bleed two, $3,000 tonight each. So the money's up for grabs. So based on that, I'm going to play in that game. Even though there are limit holding, there's other games going on. Looking for the softest action. So that's what, that, that's what ultimately you should be doing the most of. You should do one of two things when, when you're getting better at DFS. To increase your profit in DFS, you could do one of two things. One, get better, be more skillful, get better at it. So it's something that you can control. How do I get better at playing? And number two is who am I get finding weaker players to play against? Right? One of the two. I, if you, I mean, if you count both, right? Obviously, that's the best of both worlds to get better and find the weaker opponents. And obviously, the, the higher, more skillful you get, the more weaker opponents there are because you're above them, right? So the same the same players that you're like, okay, I don't want to play against these guys because I'm not good enough. You want to get better than them. So now, oh, now I make money off of the same people, right? But a lot of times the field gets better also. 
So your goal, if, if you don't want to get better at playing DFS, then get better at finding worse opponents. There are plenty of people that I, I've talked to. I've seen their rotor tracker or like that are very good at what, what in the poker world we would call bum hunting. Right? They don't play GPPs. They play head-to-heads. They play small field double-ups. You know, they, they find the late games, the turbo slates, the tiers contests, and they, and they, look, and they look for the randoms. And maybe, the, maybe their whole action on an NFL Sunday is like a $530 head-to-head on the main slate, a couple of $20 and <coughs> $50 head-to-head tiers contests, Maybe they find a $215 head-to-head, you know, in 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 the uh, in the late in the afternoon slate, right? They're just picking, they're just going. I'm just gonna try to find the weakest weakest people. People that are just like random people that post a head-to-head somewhere, snap them up before someone else does, find a three-man, right? So you see two out of three, and you see, okay, here's a sharp player. You see K Cannon. It's like, okay. And then you see some guy with no some user with no badge. It's like, okay, I'll take 1093 man. That should be that should be plus EV, right? It doesn't mean you have to take a hundred of them. Just like if, if you're like, I just want a thousand dollars worth of volume, you could just then fine, just target like that. And I know I know plenty of people that do that. As you now to get high volume like that is is nearly impossible, right? But if you're looking to build your bank, especially if you have a smaller bankroll, if you're looking to build your bankroll, that I, that would be the that would be the number one way to do it. easily. That's that's what I would suggest. So if you're starting with like a thousand dollar bankroll, a five thousand dollar bankroll, somewhere in that range, like that that that's all I would. Do. I would say don't play, don't play GPPs, don't play. It's like just go and find the softest action possible. Build 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 your bankroll up from five thousand to twenty thousand, twenty five thousand, just that way, because it's possible. It's possible to do that. And then, then once you want now, now, once you have more of a bankroll, then the raw money of just doing that, only having 200 a slate here and 300 a slate there, putting your money in really good, you're just not going to, you're not going to find as much of that anymore. So now you're going to have to step up a little. But yeah, you should be at, with a smaller bankroll, you should be at, you should be so contest selective because you, 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 it could, it, you could afford to be right. You're playing a thousand dollars and you're playing five percent of your bankroll on a slate. It's fifty bucks, dude. You could find fifty bucks of the best action you can on a slate, easily, right? Fifty dollars worth, yes. Take the time to do so. If you're playing five thousand dollars on a slate. You're probably not going to be able to find five thousand dollars of that type of action. Randos here and weird stuff wherever. Probably not. You're going to probably probably have to play against some some pretty good people. Oh, let's see. Anything else before we get out of here? Peter Viles. A hub bro, by the way. You should play DFS with honor and not roster players that are out no matter what. <laughs> with honor. So I shouldn't, so so Peter, I shouldn't swap out a play, you know, if I'm if I'm up, you know, my opponent has zero whatever, zero PMR or whatever. I shouldn't just plug in and just a guy with a zero in my head dead. Is that not honorable? It's optimal. Uh, MJC Blender, what is your process for constructing an MMA lineup? 
mostly looking to go against the field in most cases. Yeah, I have a video on Roto Grinders. If you go, it's it's uh, it's not a premium video. I did a whole video on my MMA process, so it, it'll say how I won one hundred seventeen thousand dollars in MMA. So, like uh, my process of constructing an MMA lineup is is all odds based, odds and leverage based. You just watch that video. Like it, 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 it'll show exactly exactly how I build my lineups. Dustin Schmidt, would NBA be softer on the weekends because more casuals have more time to enter contests? I don't know if that's the case. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. In my history of playing NBA DFS, I don't, I don't, I don't notice much, if any, of it. It's not something that's noticeable. Maybe it's true. Would NBA be softer on the weekends? Maybe. But also people go out on Saturday. Like a Saturday night, maybe people go out. Right? A casual person. Maybe you know, they're, not, they're not playing NBA DFS. Who knows? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's not something that I've noticed. And typically I noticed. I noticed those types of things. I, I, would look, I would look through Rototracker, look through things and go, oh, Somehow I do better on Saturdays and Sundays. I don't, I don't, think, it, I don't think it matters that much. Doesn't matter in baseball. I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't notice in either of those sports at all that it's softer on the weekends. Well, obviously NFL, because it's only, it only is on Sundays. I mean, that, that makes obviously makes sense. Okay. So a lot of these concepts you could, uh, you could pick up Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. How to think like a professional DFS player. All these concepts are in here. And as a supplement to this, join the Roto-Grinders Premium and join the, uh, the Blenders Game Theory channel. This is the type of stuff that we talk about all the time, right? Game theory, strategy, right? Not like who the plays are. That's why we have projections. Right. We have Anthony Simons tonight. That's what it looks like, right? Is I'm assuming Lillard is out. Is Lillard and McCollum? No, McCollum's still out. Right. This is why like, I'm not paying attention to basketball, so I have no idea what's going on. Why is Landry Shamet projecting well? Who knows? Is is Paul's Paul's out? Paul's in. Who knows? I don't know these rotations. I haven't paid attention in almost three weeks. That's what I said. You go go by the numbers. We have a projections team. We have one of the best projections teams in the industry. I just trust them. Five games late tonight. And if, if you want, if you want the plays and the picks and all the stuff to talk about today's NBA slate, that's why we have Grinders Live later today. So that's on this channel. 510. Is it 510 p.m. Eastern? Five o'clock Eastern? Some, something like that. It's around there. Then we have Crunch Time, which is for premium members. Uh, then NFL pre-lock show. That's with me and STL cards. We'll be we'll be on 7:30 Eastern to talk about the showdown slate tonight. And, uh, and then I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be talking more, more NFL and, uh, and answering your questions as always. So give me those thumbs up on your way out the door, the thummy thumbs. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. And I'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the DFS Free Game Show here on rotogrinders.com. 